Hello and welcome to this Talking Dogs. I'm Graham Hall, although there's a chance you might know me better as the dog father. I've been working with dogs for more than 10 years and for the last few of those I've been helping disheartened dog owners on TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly. I'm very determined to make sure all dogs and people live together in perfect harmony, which is why I'm giving you even more advice as well as telling the odd dog tale from my career on this podcast. Well, they do say uh, never work with children or animals. Now, obviously, I ignored that second part. Uh, In fact, I've got a slightly different one, which is never work with children or creatives. But actually, uh, I often end up working with children too because they're an important part of families um, and the the families that I help. So in a bit, I'm going to have a think about the best ways to get kids involved with training a dog. But first, I've had a really good question from Chris. Hi, Graham. My name is Chris. And me and my wife have an 18-month-old Red Fox Labrador Retriever who is from a working stock background. Later this year, me and my wife will be bringing home our first child. Um, We were hoping that you may be able to provide some advice as to how it would be best to prepare Millie for the arrival of a new child in the house. She's generally a very calm dog, particularly in the house, but given her working background and uh, her age at 18 months old she can be quite excitable any advice you could provide us would be very much welcomed thanks graham Great, thanks for your query, Chris. That's brilliant. Um, sounds like you're from Welsh Wales. I've been uh, I've been in Wales a lot recently working. So a red fox Labrador called Millie. For people who don't know, the red fox ones are quite uh, quite rare, really. And as the name suggests, they're the, they're the sort of colour of a fox. Quite often, a little bit more edgy than some Labradors. You know, the, your typical sort of yellow Labradors, very easy going and all that kind of thing. Chocolate ones are a lot unto themselves. Uh, and the red fox ones are a bit more on the go, a bit more excitable usually. So she's quite a chilled one, which is great news. So that's a good start. So new baby coming. Congratulations, by the way. So how, how are we going to prepare Millie for that? I think it's a great question. The sooner you start, the better. So things are going to change around there, right? So if we can get her used to it before the baby arrives, so much the better. One of the things that's going to change is that she's going to be getting a bit less attention. It's just the way it is. You're going to have other things on your hands, quite literally. <laughs> she's not going to be allowed in some areas potentially you know so we're gonna have to keep her entertained in different ways so let's have a think about that you could start now by creating sort of little bits of separation she's not going to be the center of attention so if you're working from home for example or you've got time at home a bit of time from her that's great have a bit of play with her and all the rest of it but let her chill out on her own somewhere else as well if she is one for a sort of attention seeking you know yeah play with this play with this you know or or ear feed me or whatever resist that temptation because you know you're just not going to get the chance to give her that attention in future so create maybe a little bit of separate area sometimes it may be a case of like no, you're in that room we're in here it's fine for half an hour you know settle down get her used to that doesn't mean you don't love her there's plenty of that still going on but there's a time when you have a bit of you time And of course, that's going to be you and baby time, isn't it? To keep her entertained, you might want to introduce a couple of toys that you can give her just for her to entertain herself with. So, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the like rubber Kong toys, those kind of things. I mean, that's a trade name, but there's, there's others available. The ones that you can put sort of food inside so they, they can just get sort of engrossed in that kind of thing. Here's a little tip on, on toys for this kind of thing. You want 
the sort of thing that creates a sort of like no, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong kind of calm but absorbing entertainment as opposed to the yay, woo, fling it all around the house and batter into everything kind of entertainment. Calmness is key. So there's the thought. Now, also, you might want to make some areas of the house off limits. So upstairs springs to mind. It may well be if you're if you're in a conventional house that, you, you know, she's not allowed upstairs. Now that might be useful. If she is allowed upstairs, maybe now is the time to buy a baby gate, put it across. That's the easy way to do it. Or if you need to do it without a baby gate at this stage, that you just keep an eye on her. So every time she puts one one paw on the bottom step of a you know the stairs, it's like ah, no, you know, and she comes down, good girl, and and she'll start to learn that actually I'm not allowed there. So it might not be upstairs. You might be in a bungalow. I don't know, but it could be that you know this room you're not allowed in because that's going to give you just some time to be alone with your baby. On that. The sofa often is your sanctuary with the baby. That's the place where you maybe, you know, you might be changing her or sorting her out or maybe you could change her on the floor. If your dog's allowed on the sofa now, maybe now's the time to say, no, actually, no, you can come up on the sofa, invite only when, when we allow you to, but you, you're not allowed up there. So I don't have a fixed rule on dogs being on sofas. I think it it's horses for courses. But when you've got a new baby coming, just experience tells me that actually, you know, that's maybe the way to do it. And a little tip about the day you bring the baby home, well, actually even starting a bit before that. So if you have your baby in, in hospital, uh, and it's the old classic where dad gets to come home with with a, a blanket or something that smells of the baby and mum perhaps to introduce to the dog. That's a that's a thing that's been doing rounds for years, you know, let the dog smell the, uh, the blanket and go, oh yeah, I see, yeah, I'm getting used to this smell. Great, but what the dog then does with that blanket is key. What you don't want to do is come in tired, because you will be, and just go, yeah, hey, I like this blanket, have a sniff of that, and then you go and make yourself a cup of tea. Meanwhile, she's ragging the blanket all round the room. And that's not the association, is it? So I don't sound too patronising, but it sounds obvious once you've said it. Hold on to the blanket, sit down, be calm, and just go, ah, right. So if you smell that smell, be calm. Good girl. Yeah? There's a way we want you to react to that. And then when baby comes back to the to the house, it's just a, a case of doing these things in stages. Uh, if, if there's, you know, mum and dad there, for example, I'd split the responsibilities here. So one person with the baby, and it's best if the baby's asleep and in the cot over there, let's say, and one person with the dog. So you come in with the dog, let her have a little sniff at the general area. But I'd say initially maybe keep six, six inches, nose six inches away from the from the cot or, or wherever. Um, so it's like sniff, sniff, sniff. Yeah, good girl. This is nice. It's all, everything's very normal. Nobody stressed out. And then as time goes on, you can allow her to get a bit nearer and a bit nearer. But introduce your dog first time round while the baby's asleep, if you can. One thing to be aware of, Chris, is that once your baby's back, your routine's probably going to be right up in the air. And it's always best, if you can, to try and keep your dog's routine about the same, give or take, you know. Particularly, make sure she's still getting the right amount of exercise, or even, perhaps, dare I say, a bit more than before. In your case, yeah, she's a working breed dog, but they all need a certain amount of exercise there is a tendency i guess when a new baby comes that you're pretty busy and you're pretty tired and actually the dog gets less exercise just at a time when we'd want them to be making sure they got the right amount so that they were calmer when they were in the house so there's a thought now chris in your case sounds like you've got 
a great dog there. She's nice and calm. She's fine. There does come a time when uh, you look at a situation, or I look at a situation, I think this is not a match made in heaven. So let's say we've got, you know, a dog that's um, that's got a history of biting people, really aggressive, doesn't like strangers coming in, doesn't like children, you know, <laughs> and now you're pregnant. And the truth is, the best answer might be to rehome that dog because safety first and actually the dog's going to have a better life with somebody else where they can be freer in the house and get everything that they need and the, and the attention that they want so that clearly doesn't apply to you Chris doesn't apply to most people but I always think in a case like this you know safety first Chris, the lovely thing is that Millie and your new baby will get to grow up together uh, and I'd say it'd be a brilliant idea to start getting uh, getting your child involved with helping out with Millie and, and doing some training with her as early as possible because dogs are just great for children. It's really important for the whole family that they're consistent with the dog. You know, I've, I've talked before on my leadership episode about what happens when different parents give a dog different commands or signals and the poor dog has sort of like no idea if it's coming or going. So, of course, you're not going to get the behaviours that you want from them now Ivor seems to be having a bit of trouble with this he emailed me to say this we have a three-month-old cockapoo called Holly who's training well however on several occasions through the day my children and they're 14 11 and 7 will lift her instead of issuing a command so for example off is used for off a piece of furniture for getting off and bed is used for her to go to a bed. Now, all common sense, and it works for me nearly all the time. Good. However, the children will lift her instead of commanding, and I feel it's confusing for the dog. So the, the lifting also poses another problem of the dog um, nipping and biting my seven-year-old when he tries. Ooh, yes. So let's go back to the beginning. So Holly is uh, three months old, cockapoo, and you're... Uh, <laughs> Well, you're writing to ask me how to train your children, not your dog. Um, so that's there's, there's something in that. Uh, I do a lot of that, really. But the thing I think with Holly is that I think potentially, yes, you could be confusing her. So it's good to have the same command for for the behaviour that you're after. So you're very clear about that, and I really like that. So off, I can see what that means. It's get off the sofa kind of thing. Bed is go to your bed. L lovely. And it's the same every time you're all doing the same thing. Super. And it is common sense. And dogs love simple stuff like that. Now, the lifting are on and off. Do you know what? I use that to back up a word command if it didn't work. So, for example, if I say to dog, come on, off. And by the way, the tone of voice, I've said this before on a podcast, but the command tone, and I, I, I always struggle with that word command, by the way, you know, commanding your dog to do something. You never command the children, do you? Uh, well, most of us don't. Um, so it's kind of ask, but with a I expect it to happen sort of attitude. So when you say, you know, come on, Holly, off, right? It's not a telling off and it's not praise. It's just it's somewhere in between. That's that's what that should be. If she then goes, nah. <laughs> now bear in mind she's only a three month old puppy right but i go ah no come on and then off you go so it's like if i say it i shall say this only once <laughs> right if you don't do it i will physically move you but not in a nasty way so in other words to answer your question i, I think it's great that you're using those commands let's use that word uh, and they're nice and clear but you should only be doing the lifting thing or the putting her in a bed thing if you've said the word first and it didn't work because otherwise what starts to happen is you dilute the effect of your word 
yeah it, it kind of means optional extra go if you fancy it when it comes to teaching families how to do things with dogs i'm going to say something which is potentially dead boring now which is that you need to be consistent and you've probably heard that since forever from dog trainers i think barbara woodhouse back in the 80s if you can remember that far back used to go on and on about being consistent and it is true but it starts really i think with the parents having a clear idea of what you mean and in your case i think what you've sort of done there ivor is you've got a real clear idea of what off means and what bed means if you've got a good idea there's a good chance that the the kids are going to pick that up from you and then the dog's going to pick it up from both you and from the kids, if you see what I mean. If you're not clear what the command is, what the word is, then you've got no chance of anybody else doing it. Now, let me give you an example. In fact, I'll give you two examples, right? So let's say we say sit for what you and I think is sit and down for lying down, right? And then somebody says to the dog, sit down. And the dog's like, whoa, hey, <laughs> make your mind up. Do you see? Or the dog's on the sofa and instead of saying off, we say down. But this dog has already been taught that down might means lay down. <laughs> yeah. So she's on the sofa and we go, come on down. Right. The dog lies down on the sofa. And I've seen this happen in real time in a one-to-one -one where people are going, no, stupid dog, off. And it's like, well, you careful what you wish for. <laughs> and it's because you're inconsistent. So... If you've got a real good idea of what you what you want, what those those words are, it will go out through the family. Here's a little tip for you. Write it down, right? Create a document on the computer if you want, print it out, whatever. Stick it on the fridge. It's like, here's the rules for the family. This is, this is what we all go off. It'll just be so much clearer for your dog. One thing that you mentioned, Ivor, that's a wee bit worrying is that, and I, and I take it, you know, I know that your dog is, is just a puppy, but at three months old, she's having a little nip and a pop back at your, at your youngest, it sounds. It's a funny one, that. Um, what we don't want to do is escalate that into a big deal, right? So that she's nipping and everybody's shouting and screaming at her and then it just gets worse and worse. The dog goes into sort of fight and flight and decides to come out fighting, you know? And I've seen that happen. I've seen it with cockapoos, actually. So to some extent, you want to work out what's causing it. Is it that handling? Is it that just people are being a bit rough or is it just they're a bit unsteady? Maybe they've dropped to once or twice. You know, Can we sort of look at the root cause and take the root cause away, but without just avoiding problems in the future? Because we want your puppy to get used to being handled. You know, we don't want it to be a problem down the vets in the future and that kind of thing. So it's a kind of compromise thing. The attitude needs to be, yeah, if I lift you up, I lift you up. It's not a big deal, but it's happening. You know, it's that like, come on, very matter of fact, you know, and it may be that you've got to spend a bit of extra time with your, your youngest sort of getting, getting her, her into the swing of that, he or her, actually. So it's one of those. Don't scream and shout at your dog if they react badly like that because you could make it worse, but don't run away from the problem either. If in doubt, seek a bit of help. Just a thought when we're on the subject of uh, dogs and children, how to get 
um, a child used to meeting a dog. You might not even be a dog owner. But the golden rule is teach children to ask permission. You know, is it okay if I can say hello to your dog? You know, this is a little bit artificial, but you, children are almost going to fall into two categories. They they like, ah, oh, dog, 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 love it. Can't wait to get there. Uh, and that can cause problems because they can be a bit too excited. The energy level could be a bit too high. You know, there's those sudden movements, noises on a child and it sets the dog off. So calm them down a wee bit. And the other thing is sometimes we get children that are very nervous of dogs. Understandable. Um, and sometimes that appears to come from nowhere. I've seen families where two little children and they both have the exact opposite reaction. Nervous can be a problem as well. Sometimes dogs that are fine with kids then start acting a bit funny when, when the children are nervous. You know, nervousness is sort of contagious. So I think it's about training the children to some extent about the right way. So it's always ask permission and then maybe extend your hand, the back of your hand and wait for the dog to come to you. Yeah. Uh, if you're the dog owner, again, calmness is the key with that as well. It's just teaching dogs to approach children in a nice, calm way. That's really the message. If they're too excited, then it's likely to create either excitement or fear in the child. And either way, it's bad news. So funnily enough, the message, whether you're handling a child or handling a dog, is pretty much the same. Calmness is king. Someone who I'm sure knows all of these things is a young man called Josh. Now, he sent me a lovely message on social media and he said this. Uh, Hi, Graham. I'm Josh. Just a regular 11-year-old boy, but with a dream to go on the show, dogs behaving very badly. Bless you. Due to the fact that I would really like to open my own business where animals could stay and be with other dogs while their owners are out. You've inspired me so much. Isn't that nice? I love it when I get a message like that. Well, listen, Josh, if you're listening, well, you could be me, couldn't you? I mean, you're 11. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But by the time I'm ready to retire... Well, you you could be that man. So not only could you just be on the show, dogs behaving badly, keep up the good work, my old mate, and you could be me. Take you a few years, that's all, and a few thousand dogs, but you'll get there. If you'd like my help, support, or thoughts on a particular dog behavioural issue, do send an email. Or, come on, you know by now, a voice note would always be good. And you can email that to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. I always look forward to hearing from you, and so I can offer a bit of, bit of guidance for you and for other people later on in the series. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our weekly catch-ups, uh, I'd love it if you'd rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a training tip that could make a real difference to your life. Take care of yourself and your dog, won't you? Bye for now.